Hey guys and gals, thanks for coming to our show. Here's some things we want you to know. Attention, Meltcasters! Mention Meltcast inside Meltdown Comics and any variant cover is reduced to $5. Follow through with this exclusive deal today. For those of you looking to join Loot Crate, we have a special promo code for this our very podcast. If you go to lootcrate.com backslash meltcast, use the promo code meltcast3. And that will get you the promotion that is most current for Loot Crate. Check it out, lootcrate.com. We are live. We're actually We're live. live. It's happening. We're trying out uh, for the first time in Meltcast 3.0's history, going live on Facebook. There's a number of different streaming uh, capacities, including our own uh, XSN Shop XSN. Um, so hopefully, uh, CEO and uh, Captain of the World Justin Sewell. Doesn't get upset that we're using a different streaming, but we wanted to try Facebook, um, and we're giving it a go. So welcome, and thank you for joining us here at Meltcast 3.0. It's almost like there's a whole other person in the room. I wonder, I'm so used to being that person in the room that it feels The fly on the wall? Yeah. So it's almost self-reflexive. You're looking at yourself. Yeah, I kind of, I hate it. I mean, I it. <laughs> that is your iPhone. Yeah. So if there's anyone that can fulfill the role of Aristotle or at Aristocos, I think it would probably be your iPhone. Yeah, that's true. So oh, it's it's just it's it's almost like your little son and or daughter is over there. It's my whole life over there, all my business and work, and pleasure. Mostly work. Okay. Yeah. Because you don't mix the two. Um, no, so ever. we, I, I had a bit of a break. I came back just to tease mm-hmm. everyone from my... And then you left again. English left journeys. High and dry. Um, and then, yeah, I left. I And it's so weird because it feels like such a big time mm-hmm. for comic book movies, comic books oh. in general. Yeah, last week we had a big episode. Yeah. Um, Give me the recap because I'm like I, staying away because it's like every time I'm like, oh, no, I need to listen to the episode so I can catch up and talk about it. But then it involves a movie, which I need to go see. And uh, I stay away from spoilers. Yeah. Uh, last week, Dave Baker and Eddie talked about uh, who's not with us today. No. Uh, no Eddie today. But it is me and Aristotle. Yeah. Uh, they both saw the movie. I had not seen it, nor Which, had Chris Sandman. X Men Apocalypse. Oh, X Men Apocalypse. Yeah, because yes. we've already had our Civil War. Mm-hmm. I still have yet to see it. It's a good movie. Um, I know I'm. I know I'm late, but you saw X Men. I did not see X Men. You didn't see X Men. Uh, I have not a whole lot of interest in seeing it. Yeah, it's it's so weird. So it's, Eddie Eddie talked about. There was a one scene they spent a lot of time on filming for Quicksilver. Oh, well, I found out later, like on a, one of those Facebook videos, that yeah. they spent two months filming a uh, Quicksilver one sp- scene. specific scene. Because there's a lot of explosions, a lot of fancy technology, blah, blah, blah. And the, but, fr- the frame rate. Yeah, I, I feel like with how well the um, time in a bottle scene did from Days of Future Past, they yeah. probably just wanted to... To capture that lightning like, in a battle. Here we are again um, with that. Yeah. Um, I, I really honestly have more desire to see that. And what's weird mm-hmm. is everyone that I've talked to, most of which have been friends on Facebook, um, have said only positive things. But mm-hmm. I know that our, like, resident, like, banner-waving Dave was probably – had plenty of things uh, to pick apart yeah. about it. Uh, it was also very like we meant we talked about it before this that the the X Men movies are are fine they're good yeah I I always 
I I love the originals, and I actually summer 2011 when it was like the big it, it was like one of yeah. arguably one of the first big comic book summers uh was summer 2011 when we had captain america thor sadly green lantern oh. and uh x-men first class and I remember that when the trailers were coming out, even though I'm sure there's some people that would argue, no, Green Lantern looked like it was going to be the worst. There was actually a ton of people that were holding out that that was actually going to be really good. And a number of people reacted to um, First Class because it looked so different from the previous films Yeah, that it wasn't a very positive it wasn't a very positive reaction. I would fight them, though, and say that is my favorite because it's the best one. It. <laughs> it is really it is really good and and so that's sort of why I I don't think that it's um I I like the direction that they went but I I will say Eddie said it before that like when Days of Future Past came out had that came out like t- t- 7 years ago you know some 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 years back it would have just been mind blowing and mm-hmm. the the X-Men films are they just feel very parred to me Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They feel like they satiate what you need. But a number of my friends have been like, you know, that are casual, that are are not necessarily so diehard, need to get it exactly like it is in the comics, loved it. There's mm-hmm. a number of people that really loved it. So, uh, so I am looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, um, that happened. And then also Captain America, that whole thing. Yeah, I saw that, which it it was so crazy to me because there was... It, it was honestly like finding a $20 bill in my pocket. I walk <laughs> in and just – usually I just walk in and I expect people to have something very snide to say about DC, either something that's happened in the films or something that happened oh. in the comics. And I it's, mean, it's crazy to me because um, there was there was nothing but positive things that people said about DC Universe Rebirth number one that came out. Um, well, there's there were some criticisms that happened that I saw, but here in store, which is usually the barometer that I trust most, yeah. is our clientele that come in and tell me what they think. And it was surprising because a lot of our pull customers that are like diehard Marvels that are like, all right, if, if it's a starting point, I'll try jumping on. Mm-hmm. They loved DC Universe Rebirth, number one, and had... Nothing but very vehement things to say about the decision to spoiler alert for anyone that's watching, anyone that's listening, um, even though it was covered in the the previous uh, episode. But you have to very forgive me because I'm, I'm I'm catching up. Um, is that Steve Rogers says Hail Hydra? Oh, that's at, not even a spoiler. At all the, the very memes, end. All yeah, those yeah. Memes? it's everywhere now, yeah. and that uh, it, I I guess I I took it. As, oh, this is a plot point, and I'm actually interested to see where it goes. But there was a number Same. of people that said, this is anti-Semitic. The original creators that were Jewish never, ever, ever, ever intended um, Steve Rogers to ever be a agent of what is essentially an arm of Hitler's Nazi Germany. Um, which, which I thought was interesting that it was just immediately we rushed to that point. Mm-hmm. Um because I guess I I have to admit ignorance that uh, it just it went over my head that that is what's at stake and mm-hmm. that's sort of what's implied and I think what particularly made things worse for so many people is the more that you go you go online and you follow up and and you 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 listen to what the creators are saying they're like they're almost they almost don't get it in a way because they're saying no 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 it's it's he's not under mind control he's not doing it he's doing it, it of his is, own volition yeah this and is you'll him, see why and people sure. are like no that's more insidious we would rather hear you say that it's because he's under mind control so i don't but then i had i had somebody come in here who has immigrated from russia and he said and he is jewish and he mm. said it was refreshing for him because it is he said the the panel that everyone's freaking out about is obviously Hail Hydra but the rest of the book is talking about it's talking about um the rise of fascism mm-hmm. in America 
Yeah, that's... which is our current political climate. So it was very, it was interesting for me because I haven't read the issue yet. Same. Here. I haven't read it. I feel like this is that this episode has just been us being like, haven't done it yet, haven't done it yet. I but I, well, I am admittedly catching the, up. So that was the majority of my thing last week. That's why, yeah. I, like, I think I brought, uh, I brought. Uh, well, I definitely read two books yeah. that were just completely unrelated, and I talked about those. But we talked about X Men, Captain America, and Rebirth. Yeah. Three things that I was not quite involved in. Yeah, because I, I, it was like the weirdest, like, usually I can take a week off and be fine and just like binge and be okay. But it was very odd that, um, because I don't know if you mentioned it on the podcast why I was away this time. But there'd be Uh, only one reason why I would miss such a pivotal uh, uh, time in comics. They did mention it, yeah. And. I tried to make it so that. You went to go visit your good pal Green Lantern. Oh yeah, um, there's there's an issue of like formalities that sometimes come up, but basically I got to suit up in a Green Lantern suit outside of Chicago, Illinois, in Gurney, Illinois, at Six Flags Great America. Um, I can I can say it that as long as no one's hurting the brand, um, <laughs> I can say to all of you, wink, wink, nod, nod, that I'm friends with Green Lantern. Um, and if anyone at Warner Brothers hears this, I'm still using the appropriate vernacular, but I got to dress up as my favorite superhero in a costume that is amazing. It's a dope costume. Um, that finally, yeah, somebody somebody else took the picture of me in it, um, demasked, and uh, it felt pretty cool. But I, So I have to admit, I did not take that picture, but he put it up. And um, so it was oh. very cool to... Um, finally have that scene because there was a number of people that were um saying like we really want to see you in the suit and it's done by a company called milestone um that they do a number of of properties and uh my suit is uh hal jordan's new 52 suit and what's very cool about it is it has a sort of like armored plating in the shoulder but then it also has a magnetized symbol Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a hard curved disc. So it was very fun. That is the only reason why I would miss DC Universe Rebirth um, and talking like, about that with you guys is because oh, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. actually suiting up. I, I kept... As I Green know, Lantern of Space Sector 2814. I don't know if I made the joke on the podcast, but I kept okay. joking before we were started like, we have to talk about Rebirth. And then when Derek comes back, well, you can't talk about Rebirth because we already talked yeah, about it. Yeah, just be like, but, sorry, man. Yeah. Like, missed you the missed boat. It. You missed it. Um, but. I, I, I feel like even if I had made it, there was there'd just be so much that I would want to talk about because the, there's a – it's coming off of Justice League number 50. So that's a, with, with Jeff Johns at the helm and um, Jason Fabic, whose just art is amazing. Um, and I love anytime – this is like my new – duo like a Snyder Capullo mm-hmm. if Jeff Johns and and Jason Fabic I know I know RIP that team up but they're yeah. you know they're going to work together again yeah. um but if if Jeff Johns and like Jason Fabic work together again oh my gosh that's going to be that's going to be so cool because the close to Justice League set up so much for um DC Universe Rebirth there was a lot that was happening outside of because we've we've come to learn since the many different people that are coming back that mm-hmm. are being introduced in a way that they've never have before. So how many spoilers did we give away they on the last one? Give away everything. The whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. So for those of you that haven't read yet, I think we've moved on to the point where you need to you need to know these spoilers to know what's all coming. But we're talking about the Watchmen universe being integrated into DC's canon, which I have I have a friend back home who I love very much. His name's Rob. He's the reason that I am in comics. He hated that idea. And I as, think... As did Dave. And I believe Eddie. I, I, that's interesting because Eddie was excited when he saw the first image, the image of Batman holding up comedian's button, mm. um, he was excited. At least when he showed me that, he was like, "He, he did his usual like, come over, just, just yeah. come over here and look." 
And he was like, right, this is this is pretty cool. Um, so I, I don't know if, how he feels after reading the issue. Yeah. I'll, I mean, the idea is interesting, but Dave's perspective on it was that, uh, like, he gave the history on the rights to the Watchmen and yeah. why what they're doing is shady. I don't... Quotation marks? I... Th- I would I I, I will go back and listen to what he's had to say. I I don't know if shady's the word. I I think a number of people immediately default to like desperate. Oh man. Oh uh, well. Oh god. We're 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 doing a last ditch effort to uh, make it all relevant. But in I, the context of what's going on, it's a really cool idea. I think. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing that that I I think you have to understand is like in in all of comics right now. Something that is a standalone, like, graphic novel that's owned by any property, how long do you think before it's going to become canon? Yeah. Like, do you well, think it's just going to forever and always be Watchmen and that's it and it's contained? Because you can have your cake and eat it, too. Like, what? you can treat it like Watchmen's it and done and that's it. I don't mm. need to th- I don't need to think of before Watchmen. I don't need to think of this. I don't need to think of that it's even just though which is the same thing to be said of like people that hate on the Ghostbusters movie or yeah. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, for someone like the, m- the the difference though, the line that he that was pretty clear was how it should be owned by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons mm. and it's not. So so the the anger that is, some people have is that you as a company don't have the right to use that character unless you either have the blessing well, they, or that they're, they they're the, themselves are writing the characters. Well, right? I mean, I'll, I'll just tell it in that uh, he explained that they wrote the book mm-hmm. as a creator-owned thing yeah. from DC. And DC was like, we'll put it out. It's, uh, you know, it's your thing. We have the rights until it goes out of print. And then it became like the biggest book of all time and never went out of print. So Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons never got the rights to it. Ah. And that is the issue of uh, that he was so angry over the movie and all that. Okay. And that it wasn't exactly their... I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, really, I think it's just inevitable. You know what I mean? Like, step outside of Watchmen... And what it is, and I know some people would argue, well, you can't. You you are talking about Watchmen. Mm. You shouldn't divorce yourself. But honestly, step outside of Watchmen. Think of any other graphic novel. Think of any other, which I know even Dave even has issue with the term graphic novel. Yeah, yeah. So there's, you know what I yeah, mean? It's like, it, I, it feels weird because <laughs> he's not here to also be a part of it. But yeah, I yeah. It, think of any other, like whatever's the closest to Watchmen. These these things eventually get integrated into canon. I feel like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. They yeah. if if it is if we're talking because Mar- we're also talking about DC, we're talking about Marvel, future and eventually Qu- you know, I think Future Quest is a good example of that. Yeah, like it, it's going to have it. It's going to have a life beyond. You know what I mean. It's it's going to, and I think why this is not at all irksome for me is because. Dr. Manhattan is still being treated like a god. He's almost elevated to a level now that is beyond the anti-monitor, that is beyond dark side, that is beyond he's he is somebody that arguably, I think almost inarguably has created the new 52 mm-hmm. and that's, that earth. That's how they explain. So, so it's like we can't we can't say that that's like I I mean you can, you can argue whatever, but for me it's just very this is this is respecting the source material i think in the fact that you're you're essentially saying the entirety of your continuity your canon right now was created by dr manhattan he's he's essentially god um and that's very intriguing to me and now i get to see a world in which where maybe batman meets dr manhattan that is intriguing and engaging to me. And you know what? At the end of the day, I can choose to ignore that or not. Mm-hmm. I did that with before Watchmen, but now, you know, because Jeff Johns is is I don't know how much at the helm, but I'm assuming has a large share in yeah. what's going on. He he knows this. A lot of people know what these characters mean. That's why they're introducing them in the way that they are. So I I 
I I'm impressed that now there's they they went back and they show um they being various people on the internet they showed how there's moments within before Watchmen that now have new light on what's going to progress hmm. that there's panels where they show Manhattan doing something and you don't really know what it is and he sort of walks away which when there's seeds planted like that or or maybe they weren't intended to be like that, but you have somebody you who's go really good at that, which is Jeff Johns, of being like, oh, this is like a golden opportunity. This l- looks like – it's the same thing with I, – I don't want to – we're talking about Alan Moore, so we can – I'm not – I'm very comfortable saying like a Shakespeare-like character. Yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare has become as big as he is because other people are extracting all these things and, and through performance have been like – I feel like this is something he left behind. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but it's the fact that like we're so drawn to the text that it's it, it seems like a very obvious and a thing to be celebrated that we are in an age where that's happening rather than grown. You know what I mean? That's why I almost am excited by the Hail Hydra concept, but mm-hmm. but if that if in the same way it matters to people with such ferocious like diligence to the source material in that Steve Rogers would never be that thing. I see why it would make people upset. Mm. Um, so that's just the, like the first that's talking about the first like general feeling of things. There's, there were so many n- n- like plot points that are just like, it was a it, thick book. Yeah. It, and it was two ninety nine, which is crazy. And Jeff John's, said and i i hate almost like saying this because i'm worried that um did we get it did we lose it oh yeah this is the first so we're live it still looks like it's it it threatened that we lost connection but airstyle's just looking longingly into the camera now uh, for the people cool. there <gasps> is that is that my best good friend in the whole wide world rob, rob it is he what says- does he say uh, DCV not understanding the disrespectful meta narrative of including more characters, especially Os- Osterman, like that. Osmandius? Who? Well, it's, it says Osterman, but I would mm. assume Ozymandias. Probably. Um, is he? Is he digging at me, Robert? <laughs> you've now made it. You've now made it. You're here. You're here with us now. Um, I'm happy that you're watching live. Mm. Um, Robert is Robert is my guru. I go to him. He's become very angry, which is, it, I always, <laughs> I always reach out to him. I always try to be like, Rob, stop being so angry. And he's like, my heart is just filled with so much hate. Um, <laughs> and so he was not happy with the, he's one of the people that was not happy with um, just the, what we were showing, which is Batman holding up a comedian button. And at least I like comics because if they divide us, we're, we're talking about it very cerebrally. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's it, it's not like, no, nah, man, Batman be you Superman. You Batman suck. can be Superman. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's not very it's not very broish. Although sometimes I'm true. sure it could. You Superman know. can would kill Batman. I mean, this is really what it is. Here we go down this. Anyways, hole. yeah, um, yeah. I I what's he say now? John Osterman. John Osterman. Oh, Come yeah. on, nerds. Yeah, see, he will forever call me out because the kid's an encyclopedia. He just absorbs everything, and I just can't do it. I, I've, I've said it now live on Facebook, Robert. I'm saying it now forever, re- record on our podcast. I just cannot absorb in the way that you can. But I, I even even the Hail Hydra thing, like it's like I'm not a Marvel person. I never, I, I almost never feel like I need to defend a. A Marvel title because there's so many people that are already doing it, but like that that intrigues me. And the fact that now somebody who has emigrated from Russia has come into our store and said that it's actually a commentary on the rise of fascism mm-hmm. in America. Read it with that in mind. That As an all. immigrant, like we're in a very bad state if we don't pay attention to mm-hmm. what it means of a rise of fascism. So, so I. It, like that in- intrigues me is when we go in a direction that we've never gone before and it's like a complete like veering like 90 degree in a new direction completely and i now can say i i was reading comics i was working in a comic shop when they introduced the watchmen canon into the, into the dc universe that's exciting and i know it's a meta narrative i know that maybe it's a paradox that that we should not have something that is a ref- 
reflection, a a a commentary on like such a large foundation of what a superhero story is, and then commenting on that. But that's that's what Doctor Manhattan is right now. He's looking. He is looking at the DC universe. He's he is a watcher right now, and and maybe we've seen a moment where his hand he plays a hand in things. Um, that's intriguing to me. So mm-hmm. I I cannot wait to read the rest of the issues. Uh, did you get a chance to read any of the the rebirth titles that came out this week? I did not. I that's okay. I, that's if there's anything that I am finally caught up on and and happy to talk about it it's rebirth. those um they 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 were very like they were very safe first issues um very safe first issues uh the the thing that i love most was probably superman um green lanterns was actually was i i thought was really good and and hit straight away on what is cool about the current state of the two newest green lanterns one of which is the first female Green Lantern to that we've ever had, which is yet another Whoop. thing to to celebrate. Yeah, and it's funny because when she's initiated into the core at the end of Jeff Johns' Justice League number fifty, um, she stopped. She made an ultimate sacrifice to save the Flash from getting killed by the Black Racer, the DC equivalent of the Grim Reaper. She jumped into the way of the Black Racer, and all he needed to do was take a life. He had it set on Flash because Flash was avoiding death, mm-hmm. um, but all he cared about was taking one life. So you assume it's her, but it's actually Voltham, the uh, the power ring of Earth Three. Which, if you read Forever Evil or any of the like crime syndicate, um, it's basically the evil version of Green Lantern. But the evil nature of that Green Lantern isn't in the person, isn't in the Hal Jordan-seeming person. It's in the ring. The ring is, like, sentient and takes host. So, actually, what happened was um, the Black Racer killed the ring instead Mm -hmm. of Jessica. So, because she, like, overcame the fear of possibly dying, uh, she didn't die and she was later um, brought into the core, which, like... As a Green Lantern fan, I will be the first to admit it's like, oh my god, we're gonna, we're just gonna have a Green Lantern for every race and now gender, and like I think that's cool, but I mm-hmm. could see how it's like, okay, it's just gonna be a long string of like everyone being welcome, which is almost the point. But at least they they mentioned that in the comic was like the first thing is everyone congratulated her on being in the core. The yeah. second question they asked was, why do we have so many? So at least they were sort of. <laughs> Jeff Johns was self-aware in that regard. It's always getting in trouble. Um, but the the first issue of Green Lanterns, I thought was was very cool and it was a very engaging setup. We have not just Jessica Cruz, who is a who is she hoards herself in a room. She doesn't come out. She suffers from anxiety, which I I feel like has anxiety's been around from you know almost the 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 moment that somebody feels scared, but. Anxiety now is becoming such a such a widely talked about actual condition mm-hmm. um, that I think it's appropriate now that we have a character who suffers from anxiety in the way that she does, and so it makes sense because that is essentially a daily overcoming of fear to just yeah. leave your your home. So that's where she's at in the first issue of uh, Green Lanterns, and then Simon Baz, another. Very cool uh, um, addition. Addition um, brought on by Jeff Johnson in uh, previous issues. He is the first Muslim American mm-hmm. Green Lantern, and in this issue, it it reminds me of when DC made the choice to have an African American just person on the street say to Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, uh, "I see you saving purple skin and blue skin and green skin people all the time, but." Why are you doing nothing for black people? And he has nothing to say, and he hangs his head and he walks away. And that was like DC making the choice to do that. And I think that was, you know, super bold of that time. And they're they're veering back into just making those choices like that. So Simon Baz in this issue is washing the word terrorist off of his sister's garage door. 
And um, so they're getting into it right away of just like what can happen for for a different, you know, somebody who has a different heritage, uh, different experience in America. So Simon Baz is such a cool figure and I can't wait for them to actually get it because I feel like Jeff Johns left it as a gift for whomever was taking over and they didn't do too much with him. So um, very excited for Green Lanterns and the big kick of sort of the the tease of why why these two like why a book where why it's those two, two together is because they are the newest recruits um they don't necessarily know how to be green lanterns and they need to learn at sort of the same time so hal shows up and he says you're going to learn at the same time and you're going to learn you're going to learn the importance of a core and that starts with two that starts with the partner so he fuses their lantern for charging he fuses the both of them together so they have to charge. I don't know if at the same time, but they have the same lantern now. Mm. So that that was a cool first issue and a first premise. And then in terms of Superman, um, I feel like I'm doing all the talking, but I have so much to, to catch up on. There was a lot of rebirth. Um, the 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 Superman. Why I why I like this and why I feel like it's we're in this moment where we're taking a moment to look back at New Fifty Two. And it was very imperfect. It it got a number of people to start reading yeah. again because uh, it's it's so intimidating to see Action Comics number nine hundred something yeah. and go yeah I'll jump right in. So it was very it was very necessary um, mm. to do a hard reboot the way that they did. And the problem was was you started to realize man they don't have that that character dynamic anymore Mm because they never had that interaction that never happened on this earth so now with superman the thing that i thought was coolest was we have we've had introduced earth one superman which is the pre-new 52 canon he is on earth zero he's a part of the new 52 world as a bearded superman Mm -hmm. showing that he still has his uh, Kryptonian like regeneration suit, the black and silver suit. Um, and he basically helped Superman fight at the close of Superman and Action Comics. I'm spitting like so many facts. The, <laughs> the, the close of what would be New 52 Superman's journey when he has uh, kryptonite cancer, essentially. He's, he's dying of sort of kryptonite poisoning mm-hmm. internally. Um he gets a chance to say goodbye to everyone. I mean, everyone's there. Lana Lang, Lois, Wonder Woman, because the Lois of this world, they sort of had an interaction, but his love was Wonder Woman. Mm. So this is a very interesting thing because she sort of has the last thing she says you can let go, and he, he essentially turns into dust. He turns into clay. And we pick up in Superman Rebirth number one with the Superman of Earth one being like, I need to assume the role now, which is just so cool because this is like, this is the Superman that I grew up with. And, and he, back. yeah, and he looks at what this new Superman was and how he was sort of different from himself. And he's standing in the Fortress of Solitude, and there is two sculptures, one of which has a base where Jonathan and Martha Kent are holding up Earth, and another where um, Jor-El and um, Superman's mother are holding up Krypton. And uh, we have Earth-1 Superman looking on this and going, I never thought to honor both. It was just his Kryptonian parents. So he sees how this Superman is different because he's he took in his own humanity in a way different from the prime example of Superman, which is just he always honored... The Fortress of Solitude was always about honoring his fallen parents, whereas, um, you know, the distinction. So he he sort of has an emotional moment where he's like, another version of me has died, and he chose to honor his parents in such a different way. So that was very cool, and so that Superman then does a little remodeling, and he he takes the sculpture, and he um, makes a, a tribute to that Superman. So, so it now stands as honoring... All of the parents and that Superman. So that was a really cool way to sort of kick that off. And so now for the future, what we have coming is a Chinese Superman. 
which I, I don't know if any seeds have been planted about that yet. They said something super quick, I think, in DC Universe um, number one, but I didn't see too much. It was just like a quick line, mm-hmm. um, but we're going to be getting that. And then Lex Luthor, I think, is staying on Apocalypse, and he's donning a Superman-like mech suit, like it has the Kryptonian S. Mm-hmm. So I don't... we. This Lex is also never quite gone bad and never quite um, had such a scathing relationship with Superman. They didn't get along, but it wasn't like ever like super betrayal. I'm because, going to kill you. Yeah, because he was a part of the Justice League for like some of the latter issues, I think in issues into the 40s. And then um, when Dark Side War happened, he was he kept sort of being a a conduit for Darkseid's power. So it was, it was, it's very interesting now because I'm not 100% certain how Lex is gonna, if he's gonna be like, great, I'm happy that Superman's dead now, or if he's choosing to honor it. It's very interesting. So that's where we're going. And then, very, very small note, um, uh, Batman went in a direction I was not expecting for multiple accounts. I thought we were going to get straight away into the three Jokers. Oh, yeah. But we didn't. We um, are introduced to this version of Calendar Man, who does a really interesting thing in that he climbs out of his own mouth. He, like, decides to shed his skin, and then he, like, climbs out of his own body. So whether that was symbolic or an actuality, um, uh, that was uh, something that was visually very engaging was to see mm. Calendar Man climb out of his own mouth. Um, I but feel then, like it would have probably been foolish. Or not foolish, but just a little too gung-ho to just jump right into the three Jokers. Yeah. Like yeah, it was It was about. definitely what they... You know, that was the last beat for Batman at the end of Justice League. So that's where I thought that they were but yeah i'm sure there's something that can be happening parallel to um and uh the the only other thing i'll say about batman right now is if you were reading we are robin which i thought was was a good story was was basically taking the idea of robin and applying it to a collective versus just one or or two others um even though everyone that's adopted the robin moniker with the exception of the two female robins um they didn't show up but um it it the main protagonist the person who was sort of learning from the previous robins and and was the leader of this group of robins batman's immediately taking him under his wing mm-hmm. and and he's saying i'm trying something new and he shows him a suit that is black and yellow mostly yellow and it has a bat symbol on it. So, again, I don't know if we're crossing a threshold where the first time in history something happens, but I think it could very well be that he's saying, I'm not going to train you to be a Robin. Maybe that's too precious to him to like you're have... Batman. You're going to be a Batman. We need three Batmans to match the three Jokers. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Hmm. So, that was very intriguing for me because we've had a black... Superman, you know, in Earth 2 Superman for the new 52. He had the red, white, and blue suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see what could come from that. So I think it was, a, it was a good start. It was not what I was expecting, and there was not too much to the issue between, uh, besides those two plot points that Calendar Man's there, uh, but it had really great artwork mm-hmm. um, and was a positive start. So that is me just purging myself of all the things that I had to say uh, regarding Rebirth, uh, which what? I'm very excited about, and I'm happy that Wally's back. Uh, I loved that he was in the Speed Force as sort of this just tumbleweed mm. flying through time and space. Um, so that was a lot of fun for me. Right. Fully nice. purged. <laughs> um, I think well, this is an appropriate, because we have to remember to do this now, appropriate spot for a commercial break to happen. So for those of you that are listening online to the podcast of this, we're going to cut to commercial now. But those of you watching live on Facebook, uh, we're just going to pause for a sec. Yeah. Mid, now we're going to go into our own sort of plugging. Aristotle, you have 
a Kickstarter you want to talk about? I do. So who is the main person in this discussion about a Kickstarter? Austin James. Okay. Incredible artist is having a Kickstarter for his book, Hollow Mountain Chapter One. Uh, right now, Hollow Mountain. I keep wanting to say Holler Mountain, but it's Holler Hollow Mountain. Mount, Hollow Mountain uh, exists as a webcomic. Yes, that you can go read now. But he wants to print it, and he wants it, you know, like a really nice printing, which I understand. Uh, it's a gorgeous book that deserves a gorgeous physical book. Uh, so you can go find his Kickstarter. You can go look up Hollow Mountain Chapter One or yeah. Austin James, and it'll definitely come up. Yeah, the uh, he did the art and the writing for it? that he did. Yeah. Okay, and the you just have to go look at the pictures and you will be blown away because yeah. his art is extremely detailed and he like, dropped, beautifully colored. He dropped posters off here, correct? Yes, he did. Yeah, those posters I saw and those were really really impressive art. Um, so if the book is anything like just the posters alone, mm. uh, that was uh, that that that's going to be a great project. There's two weeks left on it, correct? Uh, about. Yes, and it's almost there. We just got to help push. So for all of you watching live, for all of you listening, uh, pre-recorded, and you have plenty of time to go do so, get it over the edge. Just let it push just a tiny bit over and help him achieve uh, the ability to print that out. Because that'll be a lot of, that'll be, Uh, that'll do a lot of good for independent comic artists. Also, John Richard Paz says hello. Hello. (gasps) Hi. John Richard. I don't know if it's Paz or Paz. I'm sorry. Is this a... Are you mispronouncing somebody I know, or is it... Do you know them? I do not know. Let's see. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, Hello. I I did have some Marvel news. There was a little bit of a segue, but Yeah, let's do uh, it. uh, Just that... Nothing's ever going to beat your segue segue. My segue segue? The fact that I brought up the inventor of... The segue. The segue, and then you segued with that segue. So you can um, say after that achievement unlocked, you can just segue any way you damn please. You can segue through the multiverse. Brie Larson is yes. in talks to be Captain Marvel. Oh uh, yeah, so that's man that's coming down. That's the, happening. The the fan darling uh, for so many people was Natalie Dormer. Natalie Dormer. I feel like you've you've from Game of Thrones. Uh, I don't watch Game of Thrones. She was um, in Tudors. You don't watch that either. I remember, but I don't... I this is know. where the hive mind kicks in. Goes, <laughs> How do you not know where... Yeah. Um, yeah, no, watch Game of Thrones. Well, but I mean, my... Uh, I don't... Like, For it, many reasons. It's so unsustainable. Like, it, there's nothing to go on, but I remember the rumor at first being like, Emily Blunt. Per- oh, I yeah. think I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that'd and be great. And then the argument was that she was too old. Um... Oh. I, I heard that. that. Oh, uh, and then my my just my own personal like, you should throw uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence in there. She'd be. You she'd, thought so? You yeah, think so? I think she'd be a good she's Captain. She's already Marvel. done it. She's she, already done. Yeah, and... but she can just not do those. You know, I think this is her last one. Anyways, uh, I'm interested by Brie Larson. I think that's as very am cool. I. I kept um, thinking like Scott Pilgrim, but she's which one? And then I well, she just I did like, Room oh, yeah. as well. So yeah. she had an Oscar nod. So that she did. Um, yeah, Captain Marvel. Wow, that's that's probably the film that I think is gonna be kind of carrying the Marvel flagship post. Because that that is is that slated to come out before after the first um, Infinity War. Infinity War before the second. Before the second. Okay, so yeah, so that's getting a, a chess piece moving. Before I believe they, they wrap it up because honestly, even people who have theorized how they're going to go about it, I think the buck stops at Infinity War Part Two. What do you mean? Like just, just, gonna... in, just in terms of like their their property, it's it's going to be very splintered after that. Mm. I'm I sure can it can that. be all cohesive and it won't necessarily break canon. But I don't. They've talked about how Iron Man could still, within canon, be recast, and it would make sense because extremists would take over him, and he would uh, look slightly different. 
Like it would alter his face, which I think would be super lame way That's, of just explaining how they changed actors. It's funny that you say that and haven't seen Civil War yet. But that's all I'll say. For oh, now. okay. Uh, so Iron Man dies. No, great. No, well, yeah, everyone dies. Okay, that's why there's no everyone died in Civil everyone War, dies in Civil including Ant Man. That's what that giant battle was. Okay, everyone dies. Everyone's dead. Um, there's just there's just uh, anyways. Uh, I don't think that they would recast him. I think they would probably I don't know. But see, that's uh, what I mean. Is like it feels like it feels like they're. They're just worried about getting to Infinity War Part 2, and then they get a moment to breathe, and maybe the whole of everyone that watches these films gets a second to breathe before they regroup and do something else. Yeah. Um, it's a lot to take in. Uh, but, so many superheroes. But yeah, if we're, if we're, you know, somebody like Captain Marvel is getting their film right before it, you know, wraps up, quote-unquote, uh, then do you look at it as a franchise? Do you, I mean, Inhumans is off the slate, right? I believe so. Yeah, I, it yeah, yeah. Inhumans is is done. It's gone. Um, and we have Doctor Strange, which is like how we're not going to get a second one before Infinity War Part Two. No. I mean, it's possible that they could just like insert ones uh, such. Yeah, what they did, but with I mean, and you know, I'll, maybe it's sacrilegious to say, or it makes you know executives go, "No, it could just be a, a solo film." Like we don't always have yeah. to look at it as a franchise. Yeah, it is. It, well, I mean, I'm sure it, it could spawn it'll come other back films afterwards, but... uh, after the whole Infinity War mm. thing. But I mean, that's not for years. If if Marvel next... gets if Marvel gets. Um, the it, Fantastic Four back, I could see how maybe it would get a fresh breath because somebody talked to me about... I I was like, I don't see them working. I just think that they are dated and I think that they it just doesn't work when you try and do it filmically, especially when somebody... Like, we just had a hard lean into, no, we can modernize it. But they are almost... Uh, family unit that doesn't quite exist in the way that it did yeah. in its inception. So they, what they suggested was that you lean into that, that side of it and mm-hmm. displace them in time, have them have traveled from the sixties. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. I really like that. Idea. And but also like, I like that uh, idea too, because now I can, I feel like digest them more. I don't have to worry about like an angsty, like, Post nine eleven, like just like storm, yeah, just darkness attached to them. (laughs) If they were very like optimistic, that could be almost the new, like Drax comedy. That could be almost the new, um, you know, the fact that they everything in a modern sense is almost going over their head, and Mm -hmm. not in a way that it was with Captain America, where it's like, oh, I learned to do this thing. It's just very like they're just clueless, oblivious to like sort of anything. From a modern stance, and they're you, you can do it in a very camp, optimistic, yeah, and not in a campy way, not in a campy it's, way that's like hard camp with the sea, but it's yeah. tongue in cheek, you know. Yeah. So, I think if they were to do that, then they could set up things like Secret War. They could set up God Doom, and he could assume a new sort of Thanos role, and finally, people would be like, yeah. "It's getting done right." So. Maybe for once I'm arguing that Marvel get that property back, um, which is something I don't usually do, but I feel like at this point I'm just sort of along for the ride because I I just go them and I see them once. I also... Uh, I can can see somewhere down the line, Phase 7, Thanos versus Doom. That'd be interesting. (laughs) I mean, that'd that'd be be interesting. Yeah. Though, a little too much. Yeah. Um, what else? What else do you have? Should we talk about your pick of the week? Well, yes, but also that that's something that came to mind now is that I'd also uh, unrelated, but I and everyone else on the internet wants it. Yeah, Hellboy three, mm. want it, need it, just fucking <laughs> damn it, you know. Yeah, but you're gonna you're always gonna be in Guillermo's corner. Yeah, but just even as a series, a nice, yeah. just a nice little trilogy yeah. wrap up. Golden, maybe it'll wrap up. Golden Army. N- oh, <laughs> shit! shit. 
maybe now that the book is over, they'll have we a can get a third one. Out. Yeah. Would you uh, want that? Because I mean, they haven't been so strict to source material, have they? How do, how do you? I don't. What remember. do you think? Because that, that's something that I was going to talk about when I talked about this issue was that Hellboy in Hell, boom, number ten. Yes, came out this week. The news also came out that this is the last one. Yeah, uh, the way that you were explaining it to Francisco and I was very like. Oh, like the end of the story? Yeah, it sounds like a very, like, or just Mignola's, like, stance. Sort yeah. of what he said about it. It's almost like a like he's on some journey and he's not even sure how yeah. it's going to go. Like, uh, I know that, I don't know how long they'll be going, but there's still, like, Lobster Johnson and BBR, BPRD yeah. are still coming out. Yeah. So I don't know what the future is for that, but Mike Mignola is taking his break. He's focusing on his art. Mm-hmm. Gonna work in watercolors. Yeah, uh, which I saw that and almost thought it was an Onion article. Yeah, like the way that it was phrased, which is Mike, Mike Bignola's. What was it like? Is done so that he can pursue watercolors. Yeah, which was like this is like, uh, it's odd that you'd go so specific, but sure, yeah. I get it. He's yeah. been working on it for years. Yeah. Uh, uh, that being said, I have not read the entirety of the Hellboy series. I'm. Somewhere in like book five or book six of mm-hmm. the trades. Uh, so when I picked up Hellboy in Hell when it started, I thought, yeah. okay, this is. Uh, I know I'm missing stuff, but uh, for the most part, the stuff that he writes is kind of like contained story, next contained story, yeah. next contained story, yeah. with the like connecting thread throughout. Uh, but there are. Some things uh, that are kind of mentioned in these last two that I, I can't help but like. They're such big ideas, I guess that I, I they seem familiar, right? But I don't know that I read them in a Hellboy book. Like, so, uh, do you feel like it was reflexive of the series as a whole? Like it was part uh, of why it's different is that it's taking a look back, or it's like it's finding its own thread a little bit. It's not like a... Uh, we have a guest joining us. Benjamin. Looking for his phone. Benjamin. Yeah. Benjamin. Ben- I said I'm a couple hours ago. Oh, they're on the floor. In a bag. We don't just put people's product on the floor, but it's... it's. I put it so that you could visibly see. It's in a, like, handle bag. No, on... No, because it was too big. You'll see it. This um, is live. Yes. And this is pre-recorded. For uh, ju- yeah, just so just so you know, it was because it was big product, and I put it in like a double bag, so we don't just put people's stuff on the floor, but we put it so that it doesn't get smashed, and it's out of the way and in a safe place. Yeah. So it doesn't get mixed up. But but anyway, uh, so I feel like we were getting. Uh, it wasn't like a recappy thing, like oh, okay. all my adventures as Hellboy. It yeah. was just like uh, I've. I remember he did, uh, Mike Mignola did the Nerdist podcast, mm-hmm. and he had kind of mentioned what felt like uh, just something that he said kind of casually, mm-hmm. but that I that really stuck with me because I thought, like, oh, that's your end game. Mm-hmm. He was like, uh, he had said that uh, it's something that he could write forever that he loves, but would like to end one day, mm-hmm. and there's only one way you can end the series, which... You kind of get that sense after you read this book. Spoilers. Uh, was that he has to fulfill his destiny of like destroying the world? Of destroying the world. Uh, not necessarily uh, in an apocalypsy kind of way, but not like I don't. I don't know because it it ends. Um, it it did not feel like something so like hard the world is yeah, dead yeah it was not a punctuation yeah it was more of like it felt like you a, get what this means yeah not a not a fizzling out in a way that like tur- cuz that's that's you know the francisco was like quick look at the last page spoil it for him yeah. and i did look and i had to go back to sort of feel like i was making sense cuz i i i don't read the series it's almost something i enjoy more like hearing secondhand through people mm. Um, just because I feel like I, I started it, it didn't resonate with me. I think he's a great artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like when I meet 
there's certain fans you meet, and it's just sort of like I try not to throw judgments uh, to and be like, oh god, those people. <laughs> but there's some that it's like, okay, I, I get it. You really love Buffy. I get it. Uh, you really love Buffy. They see me and they go, I, I get it. You love Green Lantern. I really get it. But anytime I get somebody that like loves Hellboy, it's so weird. But they're like always like the nicest people or something they love about Hellboy. It's just so like genuine and authentic mm. that it's like I've never, I think, been a- annoyed by a Hellboy person. So it's almost something I have enjoyed just listening through other people. But my own sort of spoilery, like looking at those last pages, I didn't feel a sense of like he had to destroy the world. What's weird is the last images that they show, I'm going to presume, is that not... Young Hellboy? Oh, yes, the last page. So then, and it's talking about, like, he was going to have to be killed or, like, somebody wanted me dead. Could it not be that Hellboy is going to have to kill himself as a child? And himself? <sighs> is that we'll what... just have to ask Mike Mignola. Because that's what I feel like we were alluding to, because the last image that they show... Is that is a young Hellboy? Is it not? Yeah, but I th- I think it's more of like a looking like, at that's what he who was. he yeah because the last I'm gonna read the last few texts. Sure. Sorry, y'all. Uh, he walks up into this house and mm-hmm. it's like it says the little box, shoot it, kill it. It's a demon come from hell to destroy us all. Mm-hmm. No, like a little boy. Yeah, so it was so dramatic, but I was it's, almost like, what does that all mean, you know? I feel like it's a, a reflection of, like, yeah. this is who he was, this is where he was when we okay. started, and now so, his de- destiny so has been fulfilled. You think the destiny uh, is that he will have to destroy the Earth? Again, not I don't know necessarily in, like, a blow-up-the-Earth kind of way, yeah. but in a, like, a rapture-y kind of way. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I also really like the way that this issue was done and that uh, it starts with this demon like f- flying and then crashes to the ground at, to his, uh, I want to say grandmother. Uh, yeah, that's what I think he yeah, referred to her as. Grandmother, and he's like telling her the story of like, I saw it. I saw it all happen. We were at the, la- like hell is is out of flame. The last bits of flame are at Beelzebub's castle. And we, all the generals are dead, so we went to him and, like, offered our services to try and keep it, uh, keep the last hope of hell alive. Okay. Um, it's, uh, like, they were, he, it shows Beelzebub giving the speech, and he's like, uh, Papa. I, I went to, I went to go sit by the window alone, and that's when I was the first to see it, this giant, and it's, like, Hellboy coming over the mountains, and, like... Fighting the Leviathan and the um, what is the other creature's name? Damn, uh, beh- Behemoth. Just yeah. call Behemoth. Uh, and so, like, he goes to assume, or I not assume his role, but like take his throne. And yeah. His, very nice. His uh, crown. Man, sounds like a very satisfied. Oh yes, Hellboy. Well, satisfying, but also like. I'm excited to revisit his journey. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm still not finished with it. So that that's where I feel like, ah, shit. But at the moment, do you feel like this is the end? Or do you think Mignola's... I'm sure he can, co- he can come back to it. But I think this is the end. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that was very... That was a huge catch-up session because I was late because I uh, well, I mean, was world yeah. seeing and oh, yeah, and true. assuming the mantle of my most beloved character from childhood and life. Um, so thank you for indulging me in just spouting all of the glory that I missed while yeah. it happened. Um, and we now know that we have a Kickstarter um, that we as a collective can go help um, Austin James. Austin James out. And uh, the last thing that I'll say uh, is that basically we have a number of people who are buying Rebirth. 
titles. So if you are interested at all in getting a poll customer discount, uh, we have that for all of you and we'll set aside those titles uh, because all of the titles this week sold out very fast. Yeah. Um, just as fervently as uh, Black Panther, just as much as, as Captain America. It's all of them sold out. So uh, for all of those titles, if you're interested, um, make sure that you contact us if you're in the LA area so that we can get a poll customer um, slot set up go. for you. It, it really is because it's just... It, they go so fast. Yeah. Anymore, they go the day of. And that's what gives those comics value. Um, what, what about you? Last thoughts on the way out. Um, about life. Have fun. Have fun. <laughs> Enjoy reading. Thank you all uh, for listening to Meltcast 3.0. Those of you listening at home and those of you watching live, thank you very much for tuning in. We will see you next week. Yeah. Hey, thanks for picking us up. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at Meltcast. We occasionally tweet some things. And while you're at it, follow at Meltdown Comics. They're awesome, and you can keep up with all of their sales and events. They happen every day. Hey.